Good morning, everybody. I'm going to have a sip of water before I go any further. Feels like ages since I was last with you, but it's really good to be here with you again this morning. And as Deb's already said, this morning we're beginning a, a new series looking at God. And we're going to begin right back at the very beginning. So if you're all sitting comfortably, please come back with me before the dawn of time, when the earth was formless and empty and darkness was over the face of the deep. beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all people. The Word became flesh and came to live among us, full of grace and free. In the beginning, God, and in the end, God. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the living God, the first and the last. 
the beginning and the end of all things. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, now is the dwelling of God among people. God himself will live with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Back in the 16th century, the Polish astronomer Nikolai Copernicus made a discovery that changed the way people looked at everything. Up until then, it was generally assumed that the Earth, us, our Earth, was the centre of the universe. And all the other planets and the stars, including the Sun, they circled around us here on Earth. But Copernicus and others discovered that something that actually felt then like an utterly mind-bending idea. He discovered that our system doesn't revolve around the Earth, but instead the Earth is just one of the planets that orbit around the Sun. And that was really hard for people to get their heads around. This idea that the universe has a very different center. Now today, we don't believe the Earth is the center of the universe, but we human beings, we, we still believe, don't we, that we're at the center of life and that the world revolves around us. But the Bible tells another story, a better story, a more liberating and infinitely more hopeful story. It announces the good news of the fundamental reality that we live in a God-centered world. A God-centered world because the Bible declares, in the beginning, God. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and empty, and darkness was over the surface of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering, was brooding over the waters. Then God spoke. God said, let there be light. And as soon as God spoke, there was light. Quite something, isn't it? God speaks creation into being. Then God said, let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. And the Lord God formed man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living creature. In the beginning, God. 
Those words declare the fundamental reality of the universe, that we live in a God-centered world. And that means that we human beings are designed to live a God-centered life. Personally, as societies, as nations, we're designed to live a God-centered life. When we lived in Wales, uh, we took the grandchildren on one of their visits to us, to the Welsh Hawking Centre just outside Cardiff. And I know Debs has been there. I don't know if any of the others of you have ever been to the uh, Welsh Hawking Centre. It's, it's worth a visit if you're in that part of the world. And the brave among the visitors, they get the chance to have these wonderful, powerful birds perch on their arms. We, have, we had one brave person among us. And I have to tell you, it wasn't me. Some of you know that I'm famous for when I was five years old, running away from my friend's tortoise. But there was one very brave person who had the, 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 the falcon come and perch on their arm. But whether you do that or not, everyone gets to watch the falconers flying the hawks. And what happens is the falconer releases the falcon and it soars almost out of sight. And then the falconer begins to call. And the falcon begins to circle around that voice. And all the while it flies, it's the sound of that voice that holds the falcon, circling, until the falconer calls the falcon back and it comes. Watching that uh, relationship between the falcon and, and the falconer uh, reminded me of the words of a famous Irish poem, but don't let that scare you, a famous Irish poem by the, the poet W.B. Yeats, who'd obviously been watching a falcon somewhere because he wrote of that falcon, turning and turning in the widening gyre, the widening circle, the falcon cannot hear the falconer. Things fall apart. The center cannot hold. Mere anarchy is loosed upon the world. The best lack all conviction while the worst are full of passionate intensity. Things fall apart. Yeats was talking about Ireland in 1919 as the country was beginning to tear itself apart in the Irish Civil War. But it also feels a, a pretty accurate description of what's happening in our world today, doesn't it? You see it on your screens every day. War in the Ukraine grinding on. And not just in the Ukraine, in Yemen, South Sudan, Haiti, Myanmar. I could go on and on and on. People living in the midst of, of unimaginable violence and war and hardship. And getting closer to home, people choosing between heating and eating worried about how to make ends meet. And that's before we step back and think about what's happening to our planets and our children's future. It's all a bit of a mess. 
isn't it? The Bible shows us that human beings are designed to listen to God's voice, like the falconer listens, like the falcon listens to the voice of the falconer. Human beings are designed to live a God-centered life. And when we fail to listen, when God isn't at the center of our personal and our communal and our national lives, things fall apart. And it's grim. And if that was all we could say this morning, if that was where we stopped, we'd all go home feeling pretty depressed and hopeless, wouldn't we? But, 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 mercifully, that's not where we stop. Mercifully, that's not the end of the story. And actually, as Christians, we are those who dare to face up to the reality of what's happening around us because we know that that's not the end of the story. Because the God who breathed all things into life in the beginning has not abandoned this world to self-destruction. In the beginning, God created, says Genesis 1. And then, did you notice the opening words of that second reading? Words from the uh, opening of John's Gospel? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Did you notice those words? In the beginning. And those words are like flashing lights at the beginning of John's Gospel, a deliberate echo of the story of creation designed to catch our attention, to declare that the God who created all things in the beginning has come to rescue his world from its headlong flight into chaos, designed to catch our attention and declare that in Jesus Christ, God has, has come to begin a whole new act of creation. In the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus, God has come to renew, to repair, to restore this beautiful but broken world to begin to make his world anew. That's the hope that we have to offer to the world. This world of this, this work of making all things new and in this work of making all things new, God begins with us. As God comes to call us back to the life we were made for. It was Augustine of Hippo who Hippo, who famously, after spending his early life trying all the alternatives, said, God, you have made us for yourself, and our hearts are restless till they find their rest in you. We are designed for the freedom and the joy of a God-centered life, soaring like the falcon. But none of us are there yet are we? Oh, we get tastes that make us hungry for more. We get glimpses, but we all fall so far short of a fully God-centered life. We get caught up, we get entangled, we get distracted by so many things. So this morning, as we sit in the light of God's love, in the light 
of life, who, I wonder, is at the center of your life and of mine, who's at the center of our personal universe. What are the things that you and I rely on for our sense of worth and value, our sense of purpose and identity and security? Often, it's things like work, success, reputation, maybe pension, often family. They're all good things, aren't they? They're wonderful gifts, things that we value and are so grateful for. But none of them are enough. None of them are big enough or strong enough or God enough to be God for us. It was Martin Luther who said, that to which your heart clings and entrusts itself, that, I say, is really your God. Now, we may not have idols in the corner of our living rooms, but we and our society have all sorts of idols hiding in the corners of our hearts. I sometimes think that the biggest rival in our day for that place at the center of our lives. And I hesitate even to say this, but I often think that the biggest rival today for that thing at the center of our lives is God's precious gift of family. Now, don't get me wrong. Family is hugely important and incredibly precious. I'm not saying anything to undermine the importance of family. And one of the great joys of retirement, I encourage you who aren't there yet, is having more time for family. Family is such a precious gift. But I remember a friend once telling me about a dream she had that obviously disturbed her. And in her dream, she was in a burning house with her children. And God asked her to throw her children out of the burning building to throw them through the window to him. And God promised to catch them. But could she trust God to catch them, these precious, precious children? Would you? Would I? You know, so much of what we're talking about in all of this comes down to the question, do we really trust God? to trust that God is so good and so loving, when it comes down to us with the real things of life, with the things that really matter, do we trust God? Do we trust the God who loves our families even more, if you can imagine that, than we love them? And who loves us and every man, woman, and child across this world with a love that's beyond our imagining? with a love that is so powerful, it raised Jesus from the dead. The astonishing good news this morning is that we are being offered a life that's anchored in the forgiving, healing, wise, and powerful, unfathomable love of God. A God-centered life, a God-anchored life that can set us free to live life in all its fullness. The life in all its fullness that comes as we give our lives to God and to his wonderful mission 
of making this beautiful but broken world new. A few years ago, I was talking with um, one of the leaders of, of one of the, the, the local boroughs in London. And this man was a Christian, and he'd felt called to serve God uh, as a local politician, and God bless them all. And he had poured himself into trying to make life better for some of the, the most deprived communities in his very deprived borough. And to be honest, he was utterly worn out. And he looked at me and he said, in one of those moments of real honesty, how do you keep going? When it's so often three steps backwards for every two forwards, how do you keep going? And it's a good question, isn't it? And it made me think. And then I realized that the thing that keeps me going is knowing the end of the story. It's knowing how the story ends, knowing that just as the story begins with God, so the story ends with God, with the victory of God's love in Christ. In the beginning, God created. In Jesus, God comes to begin a new act of creation in us and in his world. And at the end, it's God's voice we hear. The one seated on the throne saying, I am making all things new. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea, no longer any chaos. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now is the home of God among people. God will live with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning, or crying, or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. And how we ache for that day. Then God said, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end of all things. It's knowing that the story ends with the victory of God's love in Christ. That's what keeps me going. That and God's promise that he who began a good work among you, he will continue it by his spirit until he brings it and all things to completion on the great day of Christ Jesus. This morning, the living God is here among us. The living God whose spirit brooded over the waters of chaos at the dawn of time is here brooding over us, calling us back to that God-centered world, in a God-centered God life, in a God-centered world that we were all made for, calling us to give our lives to him and to working with him to make his world anew. I wonder, here 
in the quietness this morning. Can you hear his voice? Let's take a few moments of quietness to listen for that voice, to allow God's spirit to search our hearts and our minds and our lives, to allow whatever God has been saying to us this morning to sink deep within and take root and begin its work of making us anew. Let's sit in God's presence. Oh, my people, how I love you. Listen to my voice and come. Lord, how can we thank you for a depth of love we find it utterly impossible to begin to comprehend or even imagine. But Lord, in the best way we can, as the people we are and aren't, we come this morning and as you say your resounding yes afresh to us, we say our little human yes back to you. Thank you that you take that yes, Lord, and you work with it in such love and wisdom and power. Lord, how can we thank you? We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.